We are glad that you're here with us this morning, especially if you're a guest here with us today. We want to say welcome to you. Thank you for joining us for worship this morning here at Westgate. If you are a guest here with us today, uh, there's a uh, communication card there in the pew rack in front of you. And if you would take the opportunity to fill that out for us and uh, drop it by the communication uh, desk out in the atrium uh, following the service, we would love the opportunity uh, to meet you, uh, to meet you personally, and to thank you for joining us for worship uh, this morning. If you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and take those and open up to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter, Acts chapter one. When I spoke a couple of weeks ago on the uh, triumphal entry, I shared with you something that uh, Paul David Tripp. Uh, shares in his book do you believe that our men's small group is going through uh, right now and I would encourage you uh, man or female whichever uh, if you have not read that book uh, or uh, you have it but yet you haven't been begun to make your way through it I would encourage you to do so it is it is about the doctrines of the faith and uh, it has it it has enlightened me in some ways that uh, my seminary professors failed to do and uh, but uh, I would encourage you to uh, to get a copy of that book do you believe by Paul David Tripp and to make your way through that but one of the things that he shares on the doctrine of creation is our loss of awe of who God is and what God has done we become so familiar with scripture we become so familiar with different things in scripture that we lose our sense of all but another thing that he shares in that same doctrine of creation is that we become so familiar with one another that we forget when we look at one another exactly what it is we are looking at so when you look at your spouse or when you look at one of your children or when you look at a coworker, or just somebody random on the street or somebody that you see in the grocery store, what do you see? What do you see? Now, I'm not talking about their height, and I'm not talking about their weight or their hair color, their eye color or anything. What is it that you see? What you see is a creation of the Most High God. The same God that created you created that person that you are encountering. And if we would remember that, if that would be the thing that we thought about when we saw somebody, we would treat one another a whole lot better. We would treat our spouses better. We would treat our children better. We would treat our siblings better. We would treat that waiter or waitress who may have messed up our order or may not have gotten our order to us as fast as we thought they should. We would treat that person a whole lot different if we saw them for who they truly are, and that is a creation of the most holy God. That's who we all are. We are creations of God, and we should treat each other in that manner and so what does that have to do with Acts chapter 1 
Shouldn't we be in Genesis if we're going to talk about creation? No. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 4, here in just a moment. So last Sunday was Easter. Remember that? Seems like forever ago. But last Sunday was Easter. And we celebrated the resurrection. We celebrated the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, in just one short week, he has appeared to his disciple over a course of 40 days. In one short week, from Easter until today, he has appeared to his disciple over the course of 40 days. Okay, never mind. You'll catch it later. And so, so, after the resurrection, Jesus not only arose from the grave, but he appeared to his disciple over a course of 40 days, continuing to instruct them and to share with them what they would be uh, what they would be doing now because they were confused they were discouraged they were disbelieving they weren't sure where to go or what to do now but Jesus was going to, sh to was going to appear to them multiple times and continue to instruct them to what they were supposed to do and so we get to Acts and we have the final time that Jesus is going to appear to his disciples Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus did not only just appear to the disciples and instruct the disciples, but here he's sharing a meal with the disciples. On this occasion, he is sharing a meal with the disciples and he's giving them the instruction, you guys stay put here in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, they're not sure exactly what that's going to look like. Now for us as believers today, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit at that time. When we, are, when we are saved, we receive the Holy Spirit at that time of salvation. These guys, we're not to that point yet, and Jesus is telling them to wait. Wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so... Jesus has just laid this awesome idea on them that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon them, and what do they do? Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're still focused on the kingdom being restored to Israel. Now, they could be, they could be referring to his earthly kingdom, but most likely they are referring to the earthly kingdom, that Israel is going to be restored to its uh, former glory. And so, so they have glossed completely over the part that they're going to be receiving the Holy Spirit and what all that means, and they're still focused on, God, is it time for you to restore the kingdom? Because in Scripture, it doesn't tell us whether it was going to be a short time or a long time between or when Christ would 
uh, return again and would restore uh, his kingdom uh, on earth. And so they're thinking, okay, hey, we, we saw you die, we saw you buried, and now you've been resurrected and you've been showing up and, and instructing us. Is it now time? Is it, is it time for Israel to be restored to its former glory? And Jesus says in verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his authority. So he's saying, guys, you're focused on the wrong thing. And it's not for you to know when these things are going to take place. How often do we get focused on the wrong thing? We're worried about the wrong thing. And we can't seem to get our focus off of what really doesn't matter and recenter our attention on what does matter. That happens, that happens to us quite often. We're focused, we're focused on the wrong thing. And Jesus is telling them, hey guys, don't worry about that. It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. Jesus could have gone on to say, I don't even know. I can't answer your question because I don't even know. But he's saying you're focused on the wrong thing. But picking up in verse 8, he says, but you, he, he's bringing them back around to focus on the right thing. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he brings them back around and says, hey guys, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit and you're going to receive that power. And when you do receive that power, you're going to be my witnesses. Not just here in Jerusalem, not just in Judea, and not just in Samaria, but to the utter most parts of the world. To the Jew first, then to those who are part of our family but have been shunned by our family, the Samaritans, you know, when he, said, when he threw Samaria in there, it probably raised some eyebrows. But he's saying to the Jew first and then to the Gentile, you're going to be my witnesses. And the Holy Spirit is going to give you the power to be my witnesses. Well, what does it mean to be a witness? Now, as Christians, we hear that word witness and we go running for the hills. We hear that word evangelism and man, we, you know, everybody look out, diving under the pews. But what does it mean to be a witness? A witness is simply someone who shares what they have seen or what they have experienced. So Jesus is telling them, you are going to go to the world and you're going to share with them what you, have, what you have seen 
and what you have experienced. You're going to tell them about me. You're going to tell them who I am and how they can have a relationship with me. That's all it is. It's just telling your story. Or that other scary word, sharing your testimony. It's just telling your story of what God has done in your life. That's what it means to be a witness, just to share your story with somebody else. And so he's telling them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. These verses in scripture, I, I, always, I always get a kick out of, out of these scripture because I'm just imagining standing there on the Mount of Olives and Jesus is standing there talking to you and all of a sudden he starts to ascend into heaven. Wait, 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 where, where are you going? And he starts to send to heaven and he disappears. And this, this is the, I can just imagine, you know, everybody standing there looking up. And if there's any passerbyers, they're probably coming, you know, what are they looking at? You know, so they're standing there. They're looking, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from, he from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So they're standing, they're just standing there and they're just staring up into the sky. And these angels show up and say, what are y'all doing? What are you looking at? Jesus has told you what to do. Now it's time to go do it. Now for them, now for them, it wasn't time for them to go and be witnesses yet. They had to do step one first. They had to go back into Jerusalem and wait. So they were probably a little confused because Jesus had told them to wait, but then he told them to go. It's like, okay, well, do we go or do we stay? But they have to do the first part. They have to go back to Jerusalem and they have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And once they receive the Holy Spirit, then it's time to stop worrying about when the kingdom is coming it's time to stop staring up into the heavens, and it's time to go. It's time to go and to be his witnesses. It's time to share what they have seen and what they have experienced. And then we see through the book of Acts what takes place of 12 ordinary men that experienced the life of Jesus Christ 
and how their faithfulness to his commands changes changes the world forever even though these scriptures were not written directly to us they still apply to us as believers in Jesus Christ it's time for us to stop worrying about when Jesus is coming back and to be faithful to the instructions that he has given us to be his witnesses to those that he places in our path. And there's more ways to be a witness to somebody than to just than, than to sharing with them about Jesus Christ. Speaking a word of encouragement, being kind to somebody, because I can tell you being unkind to somebody is not a witness. Or it is a witness, but it's not the right kind of witness. It's hard to leave a track for your waiter or waitress if you've just balled them out for not doing what you think they should have done or in the way that they should have done it. You don't know what kind of day that person has had. And don't take your bad day out on somebody else. I was at fault for that just this week. A level of frustration started before I ever hit the office doors. It just increased after I hit the office doors. And I had to make a round of apologies as that frustration poured out onto somebody else. An apology, asking somebody for, for forgiveness, is a witness. How you live your life out in our community, in the community that God has placed you, is a witness. What does your life speak about Jesus Christ? And so as the disciples, as the disciples were to go and to share what they had seen and what they had heard and what they had experienced, we too, as followers of Jesus Christ, are to share with others what we have read in his word, what we have experienced him do in our lives. and to love others as Jesus Christ loves us. That's what we're to do. So Easter's not over. It's just the beginning of what should be taking place each day that we walk in this life that Christ has granted to us and to live a life that speaks of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and to share that with somebody else who may have no idea what it means. So I pray that as you read God's word 
as God works in your life, as God continues to sanctify you up until the day of his returning, Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you is faithful to continue that work until the day of his return. That you will live that out among the people that God has placed around you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your grace and your love and your mercy that you have poured out upon us. And Father, may we share that grace and love and mercy with others. May our lives speak of who you are. May our lives be a testimony of the work that you have done in each of us. And Father, when we have the opportunity, may we share the words of eternity, of hope. Father, it is not up to us to save anybody, but it is our calling to share your love and your message with others and then you tell us you will do the rest so father as we leave this place today may we leave it with a conviction to share with others what you have so graciously shared with us in your holy and precious name we pray amen Let's all stand together as we come to the conclusion of this service. And to be mindful of when we come in contact with whoever it may be, family member, non-family member, acquaintance, stranger, that they are a creation of the Holy God and they need to hear the life-saving message of Jesus Christ. Jeff, now's your time to make a decision for him.
Have a great week.